0: Good evening and welcome to South Sudan in Focus on the Voice of America. I'm John Tanza in Washington on this live broadcast from Studio 14. Here are some of the top stories making news across Sudan and South Sudan this Friday, February 10, 2023. The U.S. ambassador to South Sudan says press freedom is important for the country's stability.
1: We renew our call for the transitional government to allow journalists to work without fear of harassment, detention, or violence.
0: And 13 people were killed during border fighting between South Sudan and Kenya.
2: As the commissioner here, I am now not able to control the situation. It was the other side that started the fighting. We'll have these stories and more coming up on South
0: Sudan in Focus. The U.S. ambassador to South Sudan says the country's transitional government of national unity should provide a safe working environment for journalists. Ambassador Michael Adler says journalists should perform their work without fear of harassment, detention or violence to help usher South Sudan to a democratic state. For VOA News, worker Simon Wood reports from Juba.
3: Ambassador Adler says the South Sudan government should ensure independent media is empowered to play its critical role that enables citizens to make important decisions in building the nation.
4: We renew our
1: call for the transitional government to allow journalists to work without fear of harassment, detention or violence. Journalists must be free and empowered to fulfill their essential function so that this country can become a strong and stable democracy.
3: Ambassador Adler made the remarks Thursday in Juba during the launch of Sustainable Independent Media Activity, (SIMA), a $12 million project funded by the United States Agency for International Development, or USAID. The Sustainable Independent Media Activity Project, implemented by a U.S.-based nonprofit, International Research and Exchanges Board, IREX, is designed to improve access to credible, accurate, and reliable information for South Sudanese. Adler says freedom of expression, freedom of the press, and strong media institutions are essential building blocks to every successful society.
1: Media has the power to engage South Sudanese citizens in decisions about their future. A strong and independent media will encourage the development of government institutions that respond to the needs of the people and protect human rights.
3: Aya Benjamin Warile, South Sudan's Minister for Gender, Child and Social Welfare, who attended the launch of the project, says the media can help South Sudanese in many ways.
4: Like in many other countries, in South Sudan, the media plays a very important and crucial role in enlightening and educating the people against bad practices in the society like forced marriage, rape, human trafficking, among others. It also aids public involvement through advocating issues and transferring knowledge, skills, technologies to the people in the country.
3: Lynette Omwange, Deputy Chief of Party for Sustainable Independent Media Activity, says the project will prioritize, among other areas, the engagement of local expertise to empower gender equality.
1: The baseline will inform customized curriculum development, dubbed
4: breaking the barriers,
1: that will further provide training of trainers and will be conducted to cover various topics, including gender norms,
4: transformation, uh, masculinities and gender contoniums. Through the three years, Sonke Gender Justice will continue to work with the national partners and ensure gender transformative approaches have been adopted in the media sector in South Sudan.
3: Freedom House, a U.S.-based non-profit organization, says South Sudan's transitional constitution guarantees freedom of the press, but this right is not being respected in practice to a large extent. It accuses that the government censors, harasses and arrests journalists, especially those who criticize it or report on corruption or sanctions. The government has repeatedly denied such accusations. In August 2021, the National Security Service closed the Radio Jungle and briefly detained some of its journalists after one of its staff members interviewed a protest organiser. The station was allowed to reopen in September after apologizing to authorities. For viewers knows am Simon would do in Jubam.
0: From Juba we go to the Sudanese capital Khartoum where some diplomats are advising Sudanese parties to conduct inclusive dialogue based on a framework political agreement reached last year to address the root causes of conflicts in Sudan. Special envoys and representatives from France, Germany, Norway, the United Kingdom, the United States and the European Union made the remarks as they concluded a two-day visit to Sudan on Thursday. For VOA News, Michael Atit reports from Khartoum.
5: The envoys met with a wider spectrum of Sudanese actors, including civilian leaders, civil society activists and Juba Peace Agreement signatories, which includes Sudan's military leaders. The diplomats say they believe the framework political agreement remains the best basis on which to form a civilian-led transitional government and establish a constitutional arrangements for transitional period that ends with democratic elections. In a joint statement released Thursday, the six envoys and EU representatives urged the parties to deepen their commitment to inclusivity, bringing in women and youth to help shape their country's future. After meeting with Sudan's military leader, General Abdul-Fattah Al-Burhan, Anita Weber, EU Special Representative for the Horn of Africa, says she would like to see Sudanese stakeholders remain committed to their promises to the people of Sudan.
4: We are here with a message of hope, with a message of support for the, for the framework agreement, uh, for the trilateral mechanism as a facilitator. And we are looking very much forward into the commitment that we've, he- that we've heard from all different uh, interlocutors, including the president and the, and the vice president to take this commitment to the next step, to bring a civilian-led government.
5: The trilateral mechanism includes the United Nations, the African Union and IGAD, which has been mediating talks among different Sudanese parties. The diplomats call on all Sudanese actors to put Sudan's national interests above what they call narrow political ends and engage with one another to realize the Sudanese people's call for freedom and justice. Weber says establishing a civilian-led transitional government remains the key to unlocking the resumption of international assistance and investment in Sudan.
4: Time is of the essence and uh, we're quite encouraged to have uh, you know, an inclusive agreement, an inclusive process, and we are here to support this, we are here to support the Sudanese people and the Sudanese future in this region.
5: Minni Arko Minnawi, a leader in Forces for Freedom and Change Collision, refused to sign the framework deal last December. After meeting with Western envoys, Minawi told reporters the political process in Sudan must be inclusive.
4: We expressed to them the importance of inclusivity in any political process in Sudan. That includes all Sudanese who are eager to be part of this process of democratic transition any political process should not be monopolized by a few groups and excluding others.
5: Women activist Inas Muzammil welcomed the invoice visit and says she is hopeful such international pressure will help restore a civilian-led transitional government in Sudan.
4: I hope that the international community will balance pressure on the government and um, And the harm that caused to uh, citizens as a result uh, of the state of economic and international isolation that Sudan has been suffering from for years.
5: The Western Envoy's vote to stand united with the people of Sudan in promoting accountability for those who attempt to undermine or delay Sudan's transition to democracy. For VOA News, I am Michael Atit in Khartoum.
0: From Khartoum, we take you to the Kenya-South Sudan border where authorities in eastern equatorial state say at least 13 people were killed and several others injured during clashes between communities living along the border of South Sudan and Kenya. South Sudan's Ministry of Foreign Affairs and International Cooperation issued a statement as Thursday saying the government is aware of the border dispute and officials are working with Kenyan government to ensure peace and maintenance of order and integrity along the border. For VOA News, Dengai Deng reports from Juba.
1: The commissioner of Kapoita East County, Abdallah Angelo, says at least 13 people have been killed and several others injured since the clashes erupted last week between some members of the Turkana community of Kenya and the people of Kapoita East last week. Angelo says tensions remain high at the border towns of Nadapal and Narkodok.
2: As the commissioner here, I am now not able to control the situation. It was the other side that started the fighting because the governor of Turkana West and the minister of interior of Kenya came about two weeks ago and declared that Ndapal, Ndapal, Narus, and Nakodok are payams belonging to the countries of Kenya. That is what caused the conflict and people became angry because who gave them those areas? That territory belongs to South Sudan. It doesn't belong to Kenya.
1: Commissioner Angelo says the border post has been temporarily closed due to the ongoing clutches. He urges the national government in Juba to intervene
2: we want our national government to come in to protect its people and to protect its borders to protect the border of south sudan from the people who want to extend that border to the south sudan land let them bring the papers of 2009 which they claimed was an agreement that allowed the presence of their soldiers in nadapal to provide security now they claim that the area belongs to them they have grabbed our water points and grazing land for our cattle.
1: Eastern Equatoria Information Minister Patrick Oting says some security forces from the state have been deployed to defuse tensions and protect civilians.
3: Our forces are already on the ground there and uh, they say through the directive of the governor so uh, they have done the best and currently some talking that uh,
6: the border it is under control.
3: Currently as we are talking and the national government is working on it and uh, sooner or later you will be hearing uh, what the national government have
1: done. Last week, hundreds of Kapoeta East County residents peacefully demonstrated after Kenya deployed soldiers on South Sudanese territory, claiming that the border between the two countries is in the Narcodoc area of Kapoeta East County. Mayik Ayi Deng, South Sudan's Minister for Foreign Affairs and International Cooperation, said Thursday the highest levels of government are aware of the border clashes and are working with Kenya to maintain peace and border integrity. Deng said he met with the Kenyan ambassador to South Sudan and discussed areas of mutual concern. On Wednesday, while presiding over the swearing-in ceremony of newly appointed government officials, President Salva Kiir asked the new Senior Presidential Advisor on Special Programs, Benjamin Ball to improve South Sudan's relations with Kenya. Our relations are tarnished around the world. As you take up your new assignment, go and normalize our relations with Kenya, especially the recent tensions along the border corridor, the President said, according to a statement from his office. Kenya's national newspaper quoted the country's foreign affairs principal secretary, Corir Singoi, as saying that Kenya had not entered the territory of South Sudan. In that quote, Kenya respects the territorial integrity of all her neighbors and has not encroached on any of their territories. A boundary delimitation process of all borders under the AU is ongoing and is being conducted consultatively. And jointly with our neighbours, the nation newspaper reported Thursday that South Sudan's deputy minister for foreign affairs Deng Dawding said Kenya and Uganda are both claiming part of the South Sudan border area, and that Juba will not cede any inch of the territory. There are reports that Juba has reported Kenya and Uganda to the African Union over their late border encroachment in a row that could unsettle the East Africa Community Trading Block if it escalates. For VOA news, I am Deng Gading in Juba.
0: You're listening to South Sudan in Focus on the Voice of America. Coming up, Kenya and Eritrea with visa requirements for their citizens. Find out why after the break.
2: This
7: is a message in the public interest from VOA Africa.
6: Hello, I'm VOA health correspondent Linor Moudou. The World Health Organization
4: and Africa Centers for Disease Control say we all can help fight the coronavirus pandemic by wearing face masks that cover our mouths and noses when we are in crowded areas. For more information, check with reliable sources such as the WHO and Africa CDC and remember to listen to VOA for the latest news on COVID-19.
7: That was a message in the public interest from
5: VOA Africa.
6: South Sudan in Focus is now on WhatsApp. Send us a message on plus one two zero two six three zero eight zero one one. Tell us what's happening in your area or give us your feedback on the stories you hear on South Sudan in focus. We look forward to hearing from you on WhatsApp. That number again, plus one two zero two six three zero eight zero one one.
0: You are listening to South Sudan in focus on the voice of America. The presidents of Kenya and Eritrea have wrapped up two days of talks by agreeing to remove visa requirements for their citizens as part of improving relations. Kenya's president, William Ruto, and his, count, his Eritrean counterpart, Esai Afroki also agreed to promote regional peace and stability, even as Eritrea faces questions over alleged rights abuses in Ethiopia. Mohamed Youssef reports from Nairobi.
6: Eritrean President Isaias Afaweki concluded his meetings with Kenya's William Ruto by agreeing to rejoin the Intergovernmental Authority on Development, or IGAD, an East African trade bloc, to assist with regional peace processes.
8: This is an obligation. In the name of the peoples of the whole uh, region, we have to assume responsibility. And revitalizing it so that we can have a functional, real organization for the region is critical. Without that mechanism, ideals, goodwill will not be productive. We'll have to create an, an institution that is functional and result-oriented so that we can say we have changed uh, the face of, of, of the region.
6: Eritrea suspended its IGAD membership in 2007 following a disagreement with Ethiopia over the presence of Ethiopian troops in Somalia. In 2018, Eritrea and Ethiopia re-established diplomatic relations and agreed to end years of hostility. President Ruto said he expects Eritrea to support the region's ongoing security operations and peace efforts.
9: I look forward to working with you to ensure that we stabilize Somalia, we eliminate terrorism, and we build a much more secure region. I also look forward, Your Excellency, to working with you in resolving the issues in Sudan and South Sudan, and working with our brothers in Ethiopia to build a better region for all our people, and ensuring that we make this region uh, attractive for investment and for trade and for business.
6: Eritrea, Ethiopia's neighbour, has been accused of widespread human rights violations in two-year conflict that erupted in November 2020 between Ethiopian federal government forces and the Tigray rubber group. Last November, the government in Addis Ababa and representatives from the Tigray region in northern Ethiopia signed a peace agreement. Tigray officials and residents say Eritrean troops have yet to leave the region months after signing a peace agreement that requires Asmara to withdraw its forces. Afaweki dismissed the allegations against his troops.
8: Why are you bothered about Eritrean troops who are there or not there, come out and not come out? Let's assume that the peace process in Ethiopia is going without any obstacles. We would like to see the agreement signed in Pretoria or Nairobi implemented on the ground so that we can secure peace and stability in Ethiopia for the benefit not only of Ethiopians but the whole region.
6: Eritrea has denied its troops fought in Ethiopia's conflict in Tigray region. The Rice Group alleged the troops committed atrocities, including punishing families of accused draft dodgers, Meanwhile, Human Rights Watch on Thursday called for sanctions against Eritrea for the government's alleged role in rounding up people and their family members who refused to participate in mandatory military service. Leticia Bada heads the Horn of Africa operation at Human Rights Watch. She says since September of last year, The Erichan conscription campaign has been targeting draft evaders.
7: They have resorted to new methods of repression against families of alleged draft evaders. So we found that they were detaining relatives, including older people, but they were also evicting people from their homes. So this was not only the security forces, but alongside local officials that keep lists of households, through a coupon system which enables people to have access to subsidised goods. And they were going door to door and trying to identify individuals who were missing.
6: The U.S.-based rights organisation is urging the international community to pressure Asmara to reform what Human Rights Watch calls Eritrea's Abusive National Service System. The rights group says the system continues to drive Eritrians into exile. Mohamed Yusuf for VA News, Nairobi.
0: We we'll love to hear your remarks on issues. In this broadcast, my colleague Nabil Biaggio is ready with this week's text and voice messages. Over to you, Nabil.
7: Thank you, John. As usual, we heard from many of you this week. We start with these recorded messages. I'm James Roy Majok from Bendyuton, South Sudan. Hi, Nabil and John Tanza.
3: I stand in solidarity with people of Kajikaji for the horrific. That happened on Saturday before hope to be arrived in Juba capital city. Those head of cattle must be brought to book by South Sudan government to face sick My message to those who love the Loving one may the so in
8: peace.
4: Hello, John Tanza and Bill Biajo. This is Mabura Lanarangu in Rumbek. What happened in Kajikaji, county of Central Equatoria, between cattle herders and farmers is totally inhuman. Uh, in, 2007, in 2007, President Keir, uh read out a degree that all the cattle keepers must leave uh, the land of Central Equatoria. In Bain, the cattle keepers did not accept. Now that degree needs implementation so that these cattle keepers to move away from the land of central equatoria because farmers and cattle keepers cannot be friendly. In fact, the cattle used to destroy the crops being cultivated by the farmers of central equatoria. Therefore, our government has to implement this so that this cattle had us to leave the land of Central Equatorial State. Thank you so much.
9: Hello, John, Tanza and Nabil. My name is Martin. Martin I would like to thank and appreciate the government of South Sudan for making it uh, possible for his owners and the team to visit South Sudan. Uh, bless us. It is a great achievement which people should be proud of in the history of south sudan so it is a blessing and it is a great success in our lifetime congratulations his is excellent president and his government for presiding over this historic visit of his holiness citizens are happy and we should do more us to reveal our country for the best, for the better.
7: Sabr Aiza of Yambio in Western Equatoria State writes, Hi Nabil, the South Sudan government needs to undertake an urgent disarmament nationwide because the number of firearms with local communities is too much and look threatening to any genuine peace process. For example, the Kajukedi County attack by armed unknown cattle keepers, which has claimed lives of innocent civilians. Justice needs to prevail. It is really sad the same week his holiness arrived, and that is when the attack took place. I am sure the Pope left this country unhappy. May the souls of those who died rest in eternal life. Peter Goj, Anyang Majongdul, in Olfangak Payam of Jongle State says, Dear VOA, for stability and harmony, I urge the cattle herders and host communities in Kajukeji to coexist to stop the series of killings of both humans and cattle, which engulfed the country since the year began. Thomas Kontoj in Olfangak Payam in Jongulay State writes, Hello VOA South Sudan Focus. It is horrible news, the killing of 21 innocent civilians in Kaju County in Central Equatoria State last week. It shows the failure of national and state governments to protect vulnerable civilians. Khamis from the Bidibidi Bidi settlement says hello, viewer. It has been another sad moment for the people of Central Equatoria State, particularly Kajukajuk County, following the murder of unarmed civilians by cattle herders from Bore. My appeal to Governor Emmanuel Adil is that, much as you temporarily relocated your office to Kajukajuk County, you cannot even solve the ongoing killings in your state because these armed herders have direct links with the army barracks in all locations. The only solution is to To arm you farmers in order to protect their farms, lives, and their properties because the government values animals more than humans. Samuel Romo, India, writes, Hi, John Tanza and Nabil Biagio. The killing of 27 people in Kajukaji by cattle herders was a plan of elite politicians who don't want peace to prevail in the country to enable them to loot government resources. Boboya Francis Wani from says Hello, John Tanza and Nabil Biagio. I wonder the way our people were killed in cold blood when the country was expecting the three church leaders. How we wish that the cattle herders were disarmed, since they only value animals but not humanity. Boliaj Kwanj from Juba says the ongoing conflict in Kajikeji is being fueled by the government of Central who pays deaf ears to the massacre of Dinkabor cattle keepers and animals being shot and there was no condemnation from the government when the Dinkabor retaliate it becomes an issue the life of Dinkabor also matters Muto from Uganda writes hello Viwe, thank you for always updating us on the current events in the country of South Sudan the Pope's visit should be an awakening event to all South Sudanese in their role of peace in the country. The opinions expressed here do not reflect the views of VOA or of this program. We appreciate hearing from all of you. Keep those comments coming,
0: and keep your comments brief. And we shall sample some of them every Friday. Our WhatsApp number is plus one two zero two six three zero eight zero one one. That's all we prepared for you this Friday. We now leave you in a dancing mood with the song I Am Not Sober by Jamnazi Africa. been listening to Jamnazi Africa and the song I'm Not Sober. I'm your host, John Tanza. very sober on this live broadcast from Studio 14 in Washington. Don't forget to visit Africa, voafrica.com for all your favorite programs and news updates. If you miss this program, go to www.voafrica.com forward slash South Sudan. Thanks for taking time to be with us. Remember to join us next week for another edition of South Sudan in Focus from the Voice of America. Men no not
9: know I He let a live And we're the